Welcome to Rail Pass. I'm your host, Sarah Hardy, Division Manager of Visitor Experience with the Southern California Railway Museum, located in Paris, California. Join me as we learn more about the Railway Museum and meet the people who volunteer, work, play, partner, and engage with our museum. All aboard for our next great adventure. So hello, today we are going to talk about volunteering at the Southern California Railway Museum. As we learned when we talked to Harvey Lehner in our first episode, volunteering has been a foundational pillar of the museum. It's amazing that the West's largest railway museum was founded and built by volunteers. So to help shed some light on volunteerism at the museum, I have asked Chuck Painter to come talk with us. Chuck is a museum volunteer and part of the museum's board of directors, and he is really involved with um, so many aspects of volunteering at the museum. He takes part in restoration. Um, he's a huge part of our events. Um, and so before we get started, uh, Chuck, is there anything you want our listeners to know about you? Well, background, um, I own a stock brokerage firm. I've been in the business for 42 years. Uh, my firm's called Painter, Smith & Amberg. We've got about 600 million assets under management, so I guess we're doing something right. Uh, married, wife Judy, three daughters, Jessica, Elizabeth, and Alexandra, and a granddaughter named Danica. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for um, coming here and talking with us today. I'm really excited to have you on. You've been one of my favorite people to work with at the museum, so I'm really excited for you to be able to just kind of tell our listeners more about volunteering in general and your volunteer journey. Um, so I guess let's let's start off with your volunteer journey. Can you tell me how you first learned about the museum? Long time ago, uh, well, not that long ago, it was the late, I'm thinking late 80s when we had the rail festival and we saw an article about the museum in the local newspaper and had a picture of the VC2 and I go, wow, they got a steam engine. Isn't this nice? And my wife says, they have an event going. Oh, isn't this nice? No, why don't we go? Okay. And I came down and we rode the trains and I had an absolute blast. And we saw a volunteer or member application, which I took home and sat on for a month. And then my wife said, have you filled it out yet? Well, I'll get around to it. Go fill it out now. And next thing I know, I was a member. And I volunteered in a few of the rail festivals. And then we sort of faded away for a while because I had young kids and... We moved up to Yucaipa, the distance got a little greater, and we would stop by occasionally for a member's night or just drive by when there was an event. And about 10 years ago, I don't remember, it was 2013, 2014, we came down here for the members' picnic trolley night, and I was dragged down because, well, do we want to go down there? I don't know anybody. I was a little shy about it. And we had a nice time. We rode the 717, and she looks out towards Barn 7, and there's a light on. And she says, why don't we go out there and take a look? Oh, restricted area. We can't go out there. No, we're going to go out there and take <laughs> a look. So we went out there, and here was um, Andrew Welty and Jeff Williams working on the 108. And they were both absolutely dog-tired. They said, 
you know, we've got to get this thing done, and we don't have any help. And she says, we'll see you Saturday. <laughs> I've been down just about every Saturday since then. Oh, so. my goodness. Have you always been interested in trains? Have you been like a, a rail fan? Um, I think more like a train geek. Um, I'm really going to date myself here, but there was a day that not all of us had television sets. It was a big thing if someone had a TV. And so we would all gather at whatever neighbor had their black and white to watch TV, and us kids, particularly on a Saturday. Well, typical hyperactive young kid, and we didn't have a TV. And that was back in the days you typically had one car, and my dad was a school teacher, and my mom was a full-time take-care-of-kid mom. And so they would trade off on the car. She'd have the car when we'd do things like go to the laundromat and all that. And how do you pacify a hyperactive kid? No television. So she would take me down to the Santa Fe station and sit me on a bench. And I would sit there. I was probably three or four years old. Absolutely mesmerized. I'd see the Super Chief and the El Capitan and watch the switch moves and everything. And I was just in hog heaven. And that would wear me out for the day. <laughs> also, my dad built me a train set when I was three. Oh, my goodness. And I think I've had one ever since. That's great. Um, so why was your wife so passionate about you starting to volunteer? Because it sounds like, you know, she was really the one that kind of spearheaded your whole start. Uh, I think she's the idea person in the household. I'm sort of so into working all the time that sometimes I just got to get reminded there's things outside of work. I mean, virtually everything I've done here I've fallen into. Um, the events, I was quite content to hide out there in Barn 7. I find it very peaceful out there. Yeah. And we were having a training event right here in Town Hall. And they were signing up for Thomas. I was aware of Thomas because I'd sneak in the back door and go hide in Barn 7 all day. <laughs> and I uh, got the you know sad story. We don't have a vo uh, enough volunteers. And I was empathizing and crocodile tears and all that. And uh, Judy says, oh, we'll volunteer all shifts all days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now you guys volunteer for, you guys are one of the lead volunteers in Day Out with Thomas. Well, and that one, sort of a tale how that evolved because uh, she was in member recruitment and I was a loader on Percy. And I took a look at the train. I says, I don't think we've got enough adults on that train. And they said, take care of it. Okay. <laughs> so I got up there, and I'm standing in this car full of people, and they're all looking at me. And I go, this, this is really awkward. So I started to invent uh, Thomas and Percy stories, and they were absolutely awful. And so the next day, I was doing the same thing. And by this time, I'd been hijacked for Thomas, and I said, I won't work the train unless I have Judy with me because I need somebody to back me up. And the stories were absolutely awful. So I went home, and I watched three hours of Thomas videos. <laughs> and the Thomas scripts were born. And now they are a staple of the museum's Day Out with Thomas event. Yep. <laughs> um, so how I, – I know you started off as a member and then um, got into helping with restoration. How has your – role as a volunteer evolved because today you're a board member so it, it I sort of fell into it I mean I I never sought any of this stuff it just sort of happened um, I 
kept it very secret for a long time that I own a stock brokerage firm. Somebody saw my ad in the Redlands Bowl, ratted me out, and I ended up on the investment committee. <laughs> so I was quiet about that because I really come down here to escape from work, but now it follows me. Um, so, and, and even the board of directors, I was asked for three years to run. And I remember the night I finally said, well, I basically gave up. Uh, it was the night, I gotta get these Oz out of here. It was the night we had the Marklin event. And I was sitting with John Mobley, who was chairman of the board. And he says, I want you on the board. And I, well, I, I don't know about this. And Judy looks at me and she says, you have to run. Okay. <laughs> That's how it happened. And so you've been a board of director for how long? I'll be beginning my fourth year. Okay. So what is it about the museum that keeps you committed to your volunteer work? Well, truthfully, I just have a lot of fun down here. I mean, this is, this is my high point of my week coming down here. I mean, the whole work week, it's like counting down to days when I can come down here and play. Because really, the restoration, we're working on benches today. I mean, it's just, it, it's so relaxing and so fulfilling, and I just enjoy it. And even a day where I spent, like we spent, I don't know, two months moving seats around for Thomas. Uh, you know, you get bruised up, cut up, you know, you're exhausted. But at the end of the day, you just have this feeling, I got something done today. Yeah. And, you know, you finish a project, you're working on a car, you're helping the restoration of a locomotive. There's a sense of completion. And, and also kind of a sense of, I guess it's reverence, because these things we have in our collection, this is the last stop. It's us or the scrapyard. And the work that is done on restoring these cars is amazing. I know that when I first started here, I, and seeing some of the before and after pictures of how these trolleys and locomotives come, and then the final product that's all done by volunteers. Exactly. I just can't even wrap my mind around it because it's, it's such skilled work. It, not everybody can do it, but I guess you can learn. You can learn. I mean, we've got some great people. They teach you. Um, I mean, I'm fairly mechanical, but my, my uh, knowledge in working on cars ends with about 1977. And uh, I'm a fairly good carpenter. My metalworking is disastrous. And um, I'm a fairly good painter. So I fit all these skills in. Uh, you know, anything I can fit. And then, uh, you know, I'll work next to somebody who knows a lot more than I do, which is a lot, very easy to find around here when you're working on restoration. And I learn from them and I copy them. And that's how we get things done. So you mentioned that you worked on the 108, the Santa Fe mm -hmm. 108. That is one of the prettiest locomotives I think we have. Have there been any other restoration projects that you've worked on? I've been working on the uh, 60, the RPO. And that's the post office? That's the post office car. And we have on that one, of course, there's never enough time. We keep getting pulled off, but we finally got all the doors working. Uh, we replaced the broken glass. We got the woodwork. We refinished that. We cleaned it thoroughly. We washed all the mailbags so they don't look all ratty restored all the pictures that were in there. I actually went to a, a restoration outfit. Some of those pictures were so bad, we quite literally picked them up with a shovel, put them back together, and let good old Photoshop go to work and <laughs> brought them back. And then digital copies are now with archives, plus one in my office and one of my desk at home. So they're always uh, redundant. Still a lot of work to do in that car. Yeah. And right now I'm working on benches, so it's wherever I'm pulled to. 
I mean, they need help. I just go do it. I really like the RPO. I think it's it's a really beautiful restoration job. It when you look in it, it's like stepping back in time. You've done a really good job. Well, we've just scratched the surface. I mean, you walk in that car, and it's sort of can't say haunting but you can sense the people in there because they left part of themselves there we started opening up the drawers because we had to reconstruct all the drawers and there's their time sheets there's their their uh, uh, receipt logs because they'd be selling stamps along the way or receiving cash there was their union rule books their their newsletter so it's all there it's like one day, you know, RPO service ended. Okay, we're done. And they just left everything. Yeah, there. haunting is a really good word because you do feel that when you walk in there. You definitely feel like it just got paused. Yeah. And, like, there's going to be somebody coming back any minute to, like, carry on what was left. Like, you definitely feel that. Well, we've got pictures of the crews because we've got pictures of the people from this district. And those were some of them I restored and have them out. So you look at somebody's image, you're standing right where they stood. Yeah, and that's really cool. So there, you kind of get a... I, I, I guess a kinship for them or something, and and it really when you look at what they did, you you develop a deep respect for them. Mm-hmm. So looking back on your time as a volunteer, is there? Can you think of one particular? This might be hard, but can you think of one particular moment that maybe stands out to you more than any other? There's been a lot of moments. I mean, you know, when I do an impromptu, impromptu tour. And it's just the way these people light up. Um, just sometimes making a kid smile on a, on a, at an event or getting into a character. I mean, there's, it, it, something happens almost every day. You know, uh, I mean, uh, I'll take people down to Barn 7 on a private tour. And I say, if you're a train geek, you're going to enter the gates of heaven. I unlock the <laughs> door. They walk in there, their jaws drop, and they're silent. And the first word out of their mouth is, where did you get this stuff? That barn is very impressive. It's like seven football fields worth yeah. of roll, full-scale rolling stock. Yeah, it is. It's a very impressive barn. But, you know, there's been other things. It just sort of I remember. I remember on one Thomas, we had a World War II veteran. So we got to introduce him. And I got a picture with him because I wanted to have a picture with him. And he wanted to see the steam engine. And we gathered up all the cadets honor guard and we took him in his wheelchair all the way down to see the steam engine fortunately lee parks was there and she explained how the steam engine worked and the guy was really i think we made his day and then we escorted him to his car and the kids all stood at attention you know i don't i never heard much after that he was going to come back he might not have lived much longer after that but you know what we made his day that's a very cool story on that same note is there anything that you're most proud of through your volunteer work? You know, I think I'm most proud that I can sort of in my everyday life be an ambassador because uh, my office, I've got the guidebooks to the museum. I've got flyers about the museum. I've got flyers for every event. So I think that's, that's my proudest part because, you know, people come in you know, to do business with my firm, and they see all this, and of course I light up and tell them about it. I think that's that's a part that really uh, um, is fulfilling because I'm not some, you know, boring old finance guy. And so, like, I guess circling back, like, what is it about the museum that makes you so proud? Like, is it 
is is it anything in particular is it the people is it the collection like what makes you so passionate about you know promoting it and i would say both because here's the thing i I think this is what puts this place totally different scale started by a bunch of kids that should have known better and look what they pulled off right yeah and yes we're a member or a volunteer of the museum but this is a private museum so it's not like I'm a volunteer at some state museum or some county museum. The fact is, as a member, you're more than a volunteer. You're a stakeholder. This is yours. This is our enterprise. So you have a totally different level. So you think about it different. I mean, you walk across the grounds if you're, a, a, you know, at most you know, little things you instinctively do. You stop and pick up a piece of trash. You clean a window. You just things you do because... There's a sense of ownership. Yeah. And that's what I feel around here. And I think that's why you see such magnificent restorations done by guys who pay a lot of this out of their own pocket, who give up their weekends and do absolutely amazing work. That is definitely something I've noticed that is unique. I've been involved with museums for a long time, and this membership base and volunteer base is unlike any that I've ever worked with. And I think you kind of did hit the nail on the head that there is that sense of ownership. And with that comes pride. Mm-hmm. And so I think you put that that very well. Um, I, I want to also tell our listeners like about volunteering at the Southern California Railway Museum. So can you just kind of gloss over or touch on the what what volunteering looks like? Well... I'm going to paraphrase Woody Allen. I think his big thing and what what is it, the key to life is showing up. Um, I mean, that's really what it takes to volunteer. Show up. Uh, and feel free, you know, when you, you first get down here as a member or volunteer, I mean, go visit or ask another volunteer to show you around and see what you're interested in, see what your passion is. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, Oh, gee, you're a volunteer. We're going to put you on KP duty. No. What do you really like to do? Where's your talent? And people walk. I see incredibly talented people walk through the gate every day. And I talk to them in the park. They're visitors. And I go, hey, what are you interested in? Trying to, of course, recruit them. But uh, it's, it's what they, it's not what they're super talented at. It's what they like to do. Because, you know, for a lot of us, myself particularly, this place is a safety valve. You know, this is my safe place. You know, I'm in a high-intensity occupation. I come down here, and it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, I can let go, and I can have fun. Yeah. You know? So what different um, – I know that we talked about the roles that you do, the restoration, the events. Are there – what other roles are there for volunteers at the museum? I mean, y- you can do all kinds of things here. I mean, <laughs> painting, plumbing, woodwork, gardening, uh giving tours, cleaning. That's my big passion. I think my calling is <laughs> a janitor. Um, it, you know, upholstery work. Um, a lot of times just being there. Uh, you know, so there are people come down here and they just hang out in the car barn all day. But yeah. then they show people around when they're down there. Well, that's valuable. Yeah, that is a big asset to help because the collection is so vast, so having that person that can kind of guide visitors is it makes it more accessible. Because it can be intimidating to walk into this big barn full of equipment 
and not know where to start. So yeah, that is that is a very valuable and, role. And we use every skill set, metalworking, woodworking, and you don't have to be a metal worker or woodworker to do this. It's just got, you know, it's something you like to do. And I think the key thing is you come down here and do something you like to do. Yeah. Then it becomes fun. Then you get hooked. <laughs> <laughs> what what would you say the perks are of volunteering for the museum? Well, of course, to me, it's always been, you know, just working on a project, just tremendous source of pride. And just being part of it because, you know, in any type of work, the most rewarding thing is actually to get done and see the results. You know, to m many people, what's your job? Same thing every day. There's no sense of accomplishment or mm -hmm. completion. But, you know, you go out and work on a restoration project or you go out and work on an event. You can go back and say, I did something today, and it mattered. Yeah. And I'll remember it. So that's I, that, to me, is the biggest perk. Would you say, is there any, like, common thread among museum volunteers? Is there anything that you think links them? The thing I think I see is just there's just a lot of incredible, incredibly talented people who I like to be around because I learn from them. Is there any person that sticks out in your mind when you're thinking of that? Oh, I can rattle them off. Mr. Althaus, the miracle worker in the diesel shop. My friend Frank Lyman, who can build anything. <laughs> Uh, David Lay, who does incredible work on passenger coaches. I mean, I hang with those guys. I mean, five minutes, I've learned something new. And you, they're good teachers, willing to, like, take you in. and Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just, just working side by side. I never knew how to do that. So it's like every day I work with one of them, I walk out the door, I've learned something new. That's and, very cool. And that's, you know, I think that's another way to look at it. You can come down here and walk out saying, hey, I learned how to do something new today. What What are your hopes for the future of the museum, and what role do you see volunteers playing in that? Well, I guess the big thing is improving our physical plant because that's our backbone. That's what everything else rides on. And, of course, I'd love to make our fundraising. I mean, we're, we're, we've made tremendous progress in our fundraising the past few years. Because we've got all these magnificent things in our collection that just scream at you to, you know, please put me back together again. And I guess that's, I mean, I'll never live long enough to see it. But maybe my grandkids will see some of these things restored. <laughs> and that, that's, to me, what matters, too. Because we have, I guess, a, a responsibility to take care of this place and take care of the collection and maintain the collection so it's there for the next generation to, yes. to, to pass a baton. So we can do, I mean, we're, we've got the baton passed from us from these kids in 1956 who didn't know any better who started this operation. Yeah. And, you know, they've basically passed the baton to the next generation, and we'll be passing it on to them. And so it'll be something, hopefully, for generations that they can come and, and put the, you know, run these things and take care of them and put them together, and bring new things into the collection. The last thing I want to talk about is if you can tell our listeners how they can get involved with volunteering at the museum. Well, once again, I go to my first thing, show up. <laughs> and, you know, maybe stop at the bookstore to get directions if you're not familiar. Have them call me. Um, I'd love to just show somebody around and introduce them. 
and I do that impromptu anyway. And just walk around and see what you're interested in. See yeah. what you're comfortable with. And most of these departments, you, you walk in and say, oh, gee, I'd like to be an operator or I, I'd like to work in this restoration. Oh, they, they, they quite literally do somersaults when they find out they got a new person. So it's very welcoming. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I really want to thank you for speaking with me today, Chuck, and giving me and our listeners a better understanding of volunteering with the Southern California Railway Museum. I know you are involved with so much, um, so I would definitely love to have you back to speak about your other projects. I'm now particularly interested in learning more about the RPO, so if you're interested, you know, we would love to have you back on. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. All right, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. As you disembark, make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. And visit SoCalRailway.org to view past episodes, photo, video, and bonus material. And also let us know what you would like to hear, who you'd like to meet, and what we can do for the next Rail Pass episodes.